Hello, hello. Welcome back. It's Tony here from Leading Women in Tech. Welcome to the show. If you're new around here, I'm delighted to have you. I'm delighted to discuss all things leadership, strategy, careers and leadership, and of course, women in tech, my favorite topic ever <laughs> with you. And I'm honored to have you listening. And if you've been around here for a while, welcome back. I'm hoping your January is proving to be spectacular. All those goals and dreams are coming together. If you are joining me in the Sparkle Planning Workshop, I hope that it means you are truly sparkling this year already. And if not, it's not too late to sign up. You can go ahead and sign up. But more important than that, I do want to just point out we've got a few days left at the time that this show is going live to sign up for coach training. So my Coach Academy, this is the first time I've opened it up publicly. I've run it twice before um, and it's been invite only. And I realized that there are many of you who are interested in coach training, whether that is because you want to become a better leader and coaching, as you probably know by now, is a core component of being a great leader at work and a great manager. But also I know many of you want to do a little bit of executive coaching on the side. Maybe you're thinking about pivoting your career, whatever reason it is. I would be delighted and honored to invite you into my Coach Academy. We only have one spot left at the time of recording this. I keep the numbers super small because this is such an important program. I put this program together because I, I'm now fully booked on my one-on-one. -on -one. Don't panic if you want to work with me. There are other ways to work with me. And because of my Coach Academy, there are other coaches coaching like I do. But that was actually one of my motivations for creating a coach training program. I have many of my clients who come to me and say, I've never met somebody who coaches where you do, Tony. You get what it means to be a woman in tech. You get the unique challenges we have and you challenge me in a way that no other coach has ever done. Um, and I also get people come to me and say, I can't afford to work with you because working with me one-on-one -on -one is now quite a high ticket offer. Or I'm fully booked up as I am right now and so they need some help before I can get to them. And so I wanted to make sure that other extraordinary coaches were working the way I do. There are many talented coaches out there, but for whatever reason, not all of them get what it's like to be a woman in tech, or even if there are women in tech, executive coaching, training at least, I think has a few issues with it. And so I put together this coach training package to really help us understand how to be extraordinary coaches and leaders that coach, specifically in the tech industry, specifically as women in tech, although I'm open to training men because part of what we're doing here is putting a lens on being a woman in tech, whether that is you as the coach, whether that is people you're coaching or a mixture of the two. It is just raising that level of awareness of what it means to coach in such an environment. So if you're interested and you'd like to find out more, please head over to tonycollis.com forward slash coach academy. Link is in the show notes. And if you'd like to have a chat about it, please do reach out support at tonycollis.com and drop me an email. We can hop on a chat this week and see if this is a good fit for you. But let's get back to today's topic. I want to talk today about one of the challenges we all face as leaders, performance. <laughs> you will often be asked, tasked even, with improving performance, turning teams around, creating new teams that need to then perform, and much more. In fact, as a leader, a measure of success is the frequency with which you are tasked with setting up new teams, or have your teams come together to work on a project. Any new team will naturally go through a set of growing pains as the new group starts to form and learn about each other. As your team evolves together or moves through their assigned projects, you'll notice that they go through different stages of behavior, feelings, and comfort levels. 
that's what I really want to dig into today. Because as leaders, we need to make sure we are aware of this cycle that your team is going through so we can support them through it, help them move quickly to performance rather than assuming right at the form of the way I go, they're going to be high performing. They're not. But you also got to go through stages of building trust, rapport, cohesion. When we skip that, bad things happen. If we just assume from day zero, they're going to be well performing, you are missing the point of human behavior. So in this week's podcast, that's what I'm dipping into. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. These stages are psychological stages in which your team will move through for group development. They have names, forming, storming, norming, and performing. You might have heard that before, forming, storming, norming, and performing. Your group will move through each phase as they overcome challenges and learn to work together. The idea of the forming, storming, norming, and performing cycle was first developed by an educational psychologist, Bruce Tuckman. It's quite often known as the Tuckman model now, all the way back in 1965, and is one of the most influential models for group formation. Now, as with all models, it comes with caveats. It comes with, well, we could extend it here. We could change it there. It is just a model. I will say this many times to you if you listen to this podcast. These models are useful. They're frameworks. They give us context. They allow us to understand the situation. But this is us trying to put something in a box. <laughs> Human behavior is something we don't fully understand yet. Maybe we never will. It's very, very complicated. And also, as soon as you say there's a model... You're trying to fit many, many people on many, almost infinite numbers of behaviors into a framework, which has its limitations. So use this as a way to understand what's going on, but don't be limited by it. I will always give you that caveat with any model or framework or behavior. And actually psychologists do as well. The problem is a lot of the time we then take these great models and behaviors and things like this, and then we roll them out as fact in our workplaces. And it's not that simple. <laughs> okay, so... This chap, Bruce Tuckman, observed group behavior in different settings and based on those observations created this model, these phases of groups need to go through to grow as a team. Each stage or phase that the group goes through has its own set of behaviors, tasks, and way of being that you need to identify and understand because those things influence the team's process and productivity. It's important that as an executive leader or just a leader, whatever stage you're at, that you know and understand these phases so that you can effectively help your team move through them. But something to understand is that although Tuckman laid the stages out in a linear fashion, in my personal experience, these phases can in actuality be fluid, they overlap, you can go backtracking sometimes. It's not entirely linear. So let's go into these stages. The first stage is the forming stage. When new teams first come together, people are unsure of a lot of things at this point, such as their purpose as a team, how they fit in, whether or not they're going to get along or not. Team members will have a lot of emotions and we're going to be getting excited and nervous about the project and about their teammates and they'll be looking to the team leader for direction. It's going to take some time to get to know each other and their way of working. A lot of the issues at this stage come from anxiety, not knowing the ins and outs of how each other work. 
There are going to be miscommunications, less clear lines of responsibility and decision making. And there tends to be more ambiguity in general, which is a leader you likely already know leads to stress, low performance. After all, dealing with ambiguity is a skill that great leaders need to learn how to handle. But that's you, right? That's part of why you are the leader. Because I hope you can handle ambiguity. If you can't, we need to have a chat. Don't expect your team to be able to do the same thing. You are the leader for a reason here. Remember that the forming phase occurs whenever you form a new team, even with existing employees. Temporary work groups or pods go through this cycle as much as a completely new organization does just because you've doubled the headcount. Storming is what comes after forming. Storming is the second phase and it's the stage about pushing against boundaries. People start to let their true character show after they're feeling a little bit comfortable with their teammates. But the problem with that is it can lead to conflict or friction. This is the time when you get that little bit of like, how are we getting on as a group here? How are, we, how are we gonna operate together? Often brings out the negative aspects of team behavior. And if you don't know what you're looking for, it can feel at this point like I've made a mistake bringing this team together. I should chuck it all in and give up. Team members may challenge their leader's authority or management style in order to keep the storming phase as smooth as possible because that is possible. <laughs> the roles and responsibilities need to be clearly defined or team members may feel overwhelmed or frustrated. Your goal here is to navigate this storming phase, is to get everybody through it, is to get everybody to calm down and come together as a result of it rather than giving in to the tension. This is quite often the phase where a leader can get a bit of a bad reputation for being really tough because you might have to be a bit tougher. The thing here is to get that level of toughness just right. As a leader, you are now aware of these stages, right? So you should be taking advantage of the forming stage to ensure your authority is in place before you even get to this second storming phase. You should have delineated responsibilities. There is clarity on how people should interact. And everyone knows that what is delegated to them in terms of decision-making and who that should go to, when it should be escalated, who of their peers is responsible for what. Leaders run into trouble in the storming phase when they didn't get those foundations in place early enough, right at the forming part piece. All too often, it feels easier to leave this clarity setting exercise until people feel more comfortable and happier. It's in our nature to hold off boundary setting, communication information and delegation until you've built rapport and understand individual characters. But when you recognize this model and the way it works, you rapidly begin to appreciate that that can mean your storming phase is a lot more uncomfortable, full of tensions and emotions that are unhelpful, miscommunications that can cause more damage than they need to. It's better to take the time when your team is forming to put those foundations in place, even if you then subtly shift them and update them later on. The third phase is norming. This is where you start to get team buy-in. Team members start to resolve their conflicts, friction and differences. They start appreciating each other's strengths. And they start to respect their leader's authority. Team members will feel more comfortable asking for help and offering feedback. They're also more inclined to help work towards the team's goals. If you've done the work to put in place foundations and frameworks while you were forming the team all the way back in the forming phase, you'll then be able to minimize the time spent in storming and get to this norming phase super quickly. Because remember, the storming phase is really just about ensuring everyone understands each other. Your goal as a leader on behalf of the business is to get the storming stage down to a minimum so you can get to this norming phase. But you can't force your team to move from storming to norming. It has to happen because conflicts and friction have resolved, not in spite of it. You're looking to diagnose that the team is now in norming and to support rapid transition. Don't think you can perform a checklist and somehow will 
you'll magically happen to be in the norming phase. So storming, you progress them through, but norming, this exists and you have to diagnose that you're now in it. To move from storming to norming will often require coaching. Hey, just he's just going to say, Coach Academy, <laughs> doors open right now. Great leaders will coach and mentor their team, both individually and in a group, through the conflicts and disagreements that are going on. You will help them create processes and dialogues, collaborative techniques that work for them. This is part of your role. Don't think you can just let this happen. Great leaders own this, but don't force it, which is a delicate balance, I know. The fourth and final stage is where your team really hits its stride. It is the performing stage. This is where your business needs you to get everybody. But it is not where you start out. As you can now see, there are three previous stages. Your team is now at its full potential, though, and should reach its goals. Team members may have many roles and responsibilities, and differences within the group are leveraged to enhance those teams' performance. Do not be surprised to see your team slide back every now and then into a previous stage. As new challenges arise or new members are added to the group, you may find your team regresses a little bit. This can be normal as this model is meant to be fluid, not linear, right? However, there may be times when your team is stuck in a phase and not moving through the cycle. For example, a team may be stuck in the forming stage if there's a lot of staff turnover or a frequent change in leadership. It's sadly far more common than we would all like to see that some teams don't make it through to the performing stage. This can be an early warning indicator of a toxic or failing organization. It's also far more common than it needs to be in startups. Startups don't have to have a leadership experience, but often if they don't have that leadership experience, that means they don't understand that they need to move through storming and norming to get to performing. They just think they can go from forming to performing. Couple that with rapid growth, and it's no surprise that many startups feel like they work crazy hours. It isn't because they need to. <laughs> it is because their performance is low because their leadership has never taken the time to get to the performance stage of this cycle. They stay stuck in this loop of forming and storming, forming and storming, forming and storming, without actually moving through norming to performing. If your team is stuck, they can still complete tasks, but you're going to see the best when your team reaches the performing stage. Although, like I've said earlier, the model is fluid. It's basically near impossible to reach the performing stage without moving through the first three stages in the natural progression with the occasional backtrack. If your team seems to be into a regression though, they're moving through the stages and they go backwards. There are things you can do to improve progress through this, make transitions between stages easier and move forwards rather than regressing. How you handle regression and transitions between stages can make or break your team. Some ways are to establish clear objectives for the team from the beginning. Kind of is a given, but it's not done as much as you think. You can help team members set personal goals and review those goals regularly. We remember ambiguity is a killer of productivity a lot of the time. Your job as a leader, especially a senior leader, is to remove that ambiguity, even if ambiguity has been given down to you. Remember to take a look out for those ambiguities and whether your team is lacking clarity. If you have leaders reporting into you who you think should be able to handle ambiguity but aren't, try and figure out why. Are they not supported in other ways? Do they need coaching in how to handle ambiguity? Also provide opportunities for your team to bond and get to know each other with face-to-face -face or virtual team building events. This is probably the number one overlooked route to help your team move forward instead of regressing through this cycle. Asking your team for help will help build the team's trust and feel valued and will allow their strengths to shine through. When there's conflict, don't let it sit unchecked. Although having a bit of friction may not be bad in small amounts and it will give teammates opportunities to problem solve, 
but you can help quieter members speak up, create space for everyone, so everybody gets to voice their ideas equally. Having regular one-on-one reviews with your team members keeps lines of communication open, goals at the forefront, and builds rapport with your members. This is a really, really important one in storming. You need to be making sure they are open to asking you questions. They're feeling able to say, this is what's going on, because that is going to allow everybody else to build rapport. You become the person who is building that rapport through one-on-one conversations, believe it or not. You can de-escalate things that are otherwise fizzling under the surface and not being handled. Try to select your right team. (laughs) This should be a given, really, but... You'd be surprised how many people do not take the time to select the right team in terms of culture, team cohesion, what motivates, what inspires them, so that they come together to support the needs of the group rather than just to them as individuals. Understand who people are, what motivates them, what inspires them, what their skills are that will help you select and build that best team based on the specific needs of the project you're going to support. It will also inspire a variety of ideas for the project. Now, provide the right resources for that team once you've built it so they can then complete projects easier. So much of the storming stage is caused by the turbulence of not having what you need to get the job done. Now, that requires a team to be able to articulate what they need. Sometimes that's coaching on your side in order to help them understand what questions they need to be asking so they can identify what they need. But then your role as a leader is to then do your best to get that level of resources or to open up other passes that's genuinely not possible that's going to help keep your team motivated and boost morale so just to recap here's what you can do to avoid regression have a look out for ambiguities remove them wherever possible provide opportunities for your team to bond get to know each other help the team build trust and feel valued don't let conflict go unchecked always deal with it have regular one-on-ones which is going to help with that conflict help with rapport and make sure that quiet and members always get to speak up. Take the time and be patient to select the right team right from the get-go so they amplify each other rather than holding each other back. And then make sure that you are the one who is providing the resources needed as necessary or providing alternatives if it's genuinely out of your control. Hopefully this gives you a bit of an idea as to what your team will need to go through in order to come together as this great performing team. This is a huge conversation. I feel like I could talk about this for a whole year on the podcast and still only touch the surface on all the nuances of this cycle. But I'm really hoping if you are forming a new team this year, that this is something that stays in the back of your mind so you can get them to performance as quickly as possible. But as always, let's finish up with a mindset tip. Whenever I hear from a manager that they have a problem with a team, I like to check whether it's with one individual or the whole team. If it's one individual, that is to some extent on the individual. But hopefully as a leader, you can coach or train them through it. If it's more than one individual, I hate to break it to you, but the problem is yours. (laughs) That means you aren't doing something right. It isn't about everyone else being incompetent, a hard lesson to hear sometimes, but something as a leader you need to accept quickly and handle. As an executive leader, you are going to have to help your team navigate through these waters. If you aren't yet an executive leader, this is a great way to separate yourself from the competition by navigating through these waters. It is natural to go through these growing pains, but you should now be better equipped to help identify the characteristics of each stage and how to ease your team through them. So don't let this be about everybody else's fault. This is on you. This is your job. This is an extraordinary opportunity for you to make an extraordinary team. 
And as always, remember, if you need help with your leadership, with your coach training or anything else, check out tonycollis.com. Lots of resources to help you there. And I'd be delighted to help you in your leadership journey. Until next time, remember, stay on your tech leadership game. Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Woman in Tech podcast.